How's it going, Alex? Going on, man. <laughs> Just you and me today? Yeah, yeah. Mark's uh, got something going this weekend with the fam, and Chris got dragged into a dinner with his family. So. <laughs> Feel that? I got dinner with mine. <laughs> um, well, welcome everyone to Football Friday. It's great to be here. Have another amazing college football NFL weekend coming up here and actually into the week next week also now with the schedule that we'll talk about here I'm wearing my Mike Vick jersey and won't give the Eagles that much luck but uh, we'll see we we did have uh, some a game last night a college football game uh, that we will talk about here give me a Second. But uh, it was Houston. Houston had their first game uh, of the season after getting five, five games canceled <laughs> to start the, the season. Uh, they couldn't catch a break. But they did finally get on the field last night uh, at home against Tulane. And they started off very shaky. I don't, I don't know if you caught the game, Alex, or not. but I didn't get to see too much of it, man. I was pretty tuned into the NFL game. Yeah, Houston, <laughs> their first uh, two of their first three drives, they gave up defensive touchdowns to Tulane. One on a pick six and one on a one-yard fumble return touchdown by Jeffrey Johnson there. Um, but other than that, once they got through the first half, Houston just rolled after there, after that. I was uh, particularly annoyed, though, at this game because I live bet Houston 19, winning by 19-24. to 24. Winning margin was 18 at the end. They missed the 47-yard field goal with about four minutes to go. And, yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, you'd expect those early mistakes, though, from a team who hasn't played a game yet this season, though. So it's not surprising, really, that that happened. But it was good to see him be able to right the ship before the end of the game. Yeah, definitely a tough night. But uh, up and down is a roller coaster. But we're we're up a little bit right now. So... (laughs) Uh, Houston got the cover minus six and a half here over 59 easy in this one. Um, let's go to Monday night football. So we had two games Monday night because of the rescheduling. First one was Chiefs Pats. Uh, Chiefs stayed undefeated. Uh, without Cam Newton, the Patriots offense looked bad (laughs) to say the least. Really abysmal. Uh, Brian Hoyer. Got the start, got replaced by Jarrett Stidham in the, the third quarter. Um, but, I mean, one bright spot for them, though, Damian Harris looked very good coming yeah. off IR. Stidham's touchdown pass to Harry was pretty nice, too, but after that, everything was downhill for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, threw, a, threw a pick six uh, to Tyron Matthew. Not his fault. Not his fault, I have to say. Edelman dropped it right into Tyron Matthews' hands. Yeah, Edelman did not have a good game. I think he had three drops total. Technically, he the three fir- last year. 
the first one didn't technically count because it didn't even count as a target to Edelman, which I was annoyed by. It counted as a catch for, um, I can't even think of the kid's name. He's a young guy. I don't, I don't think it was Gunnar Olszewski. Gunners? No, I think it, it might have been Gunnar Olszewski. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I can't remember exactly who Edelman just dropped the ball right to. But, yeah, that one didn't even count as a target. It just counted as a catch for, for that guy. Uh, and I think it was Gunnar Olszewski because he, does have, he did have one catch for 11 yards. So There it is. But, yeah. The, the Patriots, they need Cam. Uh, yeah. It's crazy to think that there was a point in time that they thought they might start the st- season with Stidham. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it would have looked different had Stidham had the, the whole week to prepare as a starter and not yeah. getting thrust in. I think getting thrust in would have been more suited towards Brian Hoyer's strengths. Uh, but the Chiefs defense, though, looked really good. Uh, Frank Clark, three quarterback hits. I said about Matthews, pick six there. Uh, and then Fenton with four pass deflections there for KC. So they keep rolling. Um, the second Monday night football game, Packers stayed undefeated as well. They beat the Falcons. The Falcons didn't blow a lead this time. They just <laughs> never had the lead. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Rodgers continued to look fantastic. 81% completion, uh, four touchdowns, over 300 yards. And Robert Tanyan, dude. Three Out of nowhere, man. Somebody had to step up after Lazard went down. Maybe uh, Rodgers has found himself his new favorite red zone target. Yeah, no lie. Uh, this game annoyed me, too, because Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a touchdown in his hands early on. And if he would have scored that touchdown, I would have won by, like, one point or tenths of a point or something like that. Can't count on MVS, man. Can't uh, do But, yeah. Uh, but Tanyan, though, is interesting. My fraternity league. Uh, my guy that had Tanyan, he was down. So we have a, we have a scoring title. It's yeah. the highest scoring week of the season. That person gets a bonus. Mm. And... My guy needed Tanyan to score like 28 and a half points. <laughs> he got the three touchdowns and he got the highest score. Uh, it was absolutely crazy. Good for him for starting Tanyan. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the Packers, they. That's a serious team this year. Uh, yeah. I mean. And I think they're not the only team in their, uh, in their division that's 4 and <laughs> Yeah. Well. Let's, Whether they should be or not is a different story. Let's uh, let's talk about the four and one Chicago Bears. They're so last night, uh, the Bears are now down half a game to the Packers. But um, yeah, neither offense looked really good in this one. I mean, I thought the Bucks looked pretty okay. Uh, they just—I don't even know how many penalty, how much penalty yardage they had. Yeah, Brady but, was. Very animate on the sidelines. Very, very unhappy. Yeah, the Bucks eleven penalties for a hundred and nine yards. <laughs> you think he knew that it was fourth down on that last play? Since that's a big talking point of this game. No, I mean he, he looked like he had no idea. 
Yeah, I mean, Arians is claiming that he knew, but I mean, when you when you raise your fing- your four fingers in the air and <laughs> yell at the ref that it's fourth down, <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, neither offense really looked that great. I mean, I think the skill position guys looked the best. <laughs> Ronald Jones and Allen Robinson. I mean, sixteen targets for Allen Robinson is absolutely crazy. Um. Carlton Davis is a good corner, though, man. I said it at the beginning of the season. He had that one pass breakup where he also got the pick on it, and I was like, this guy's good. <laughs> I wouldn't even give him <laughs> the interception on that, dude. Allen Robinson literally flipped it right <laughs> to him. <laughs> he got his hand in there, man. Allen Robinson makes the catch easy if uh, Carlton's not there on his back like that with his arms on him. Uh, one one other thing that came up in this game, though, is the Bucks' offensive line cannot protect against a solid defense like Chicago has, especially Cleo Mack, as you can see, two sacks and three quarterback hits. Um, he was impressive. Yeah. Did you see that one time where he just, like, he body slammed Tristan Wirfs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tossed him, dude. I mean, that's a 300-pound guy. He's tossing him around like he's a baby doll. Yeah. Yeah, Khalil Mack, Chicago defense is uh, – there's something. I, I, they, they're starting to look more like their 2018 form than they, their 2019 form. So uh, we'll see what happens when they have to play the Packers. But uh, they definitely need more support from the offense if, if they're going to win uh, their division this year against the Packers. The let's talk about some college news. So we did have some college news for once. Two Big Twelve programs impacted by COVID. Uh, Kansas. So their head coach Les Miles he tested positive. They're off this week, luckily for them. Uh, so he's gonna coach remotely until uh, for the next week or so until he can get back in the building. And then Baylor also, they halted all their football-related activities. They had some positive tests there. So, I mean, we already knew Texas was kind of a hotbed, considering Houston couldn't get on the field. Rice still has not been able to get on the field. Uh, Yeah, Texas programs are not looking good as far as COVID right now. brutal it's it's starting to get everywhere into football and it's it's disturbing uh as far as nfl news there's quite a lot actually for uh friday's show here the dolphins um they're sticking to their guns they fits magic still has life <laughs> i'd let him keep starting um yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's really the reason that they're losing games necessarily. I mean, he does have interceptions yeah. at times, but uh, I don't really know if it it would be worth Tua going in if if you can't protect him. Which yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, if I it, don't think it's time to put him out there yet, both for his own physical safety right now with that offensive line, and just I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's learned enough of the NFL yet. Yeah, I I would agree. Their divisional opponent, though, the Jets. I wish Chris was here because I would love to hear his Joe Flacco spiel. Uh, Flacco is going to start against the Cardinals this week. 
If that game happens, if that game if happens. That game happens. Because, like, the next point that we have, they did have a, a player test positive today. But the Cardinals are scheduled to leave for New Jersey at 6 p.m. today, Eastern time, so about 45 minutes. That plan is still in place. They're, the plan is still to play on Sunday. So if they do, Flacco will be the starter for the Jets with Sam Darnold injured. Can't wait to see that. <laughs> Start the Cardinals defense every chance you get, people. <laughs> um, one last thing for the AFC East. Talking about COVID. So the Pats had another one. Stephon Gilmore, they're all pro corner. Defensive play of the year. He tested positive. Um, and that is the first schedule thing that we'll, we'll say here that... Their game at home against the Broncos, that's going to be Monday at 5 p.m. instead of Sunday at 1. And also, the Pats, they're going to open their facility back up uh, tomorrow. So, Belichick has a uh, conference or interview session at uh, 8 a.m., I think it said. So, Belichick will be there anyways. The uh, Broncos, they got an extension done with D-Tackle Mike Purcell. Three years, 14.8 mil extension, uh, 6.8 guaranteed. Not really a big name for a lot of people anyways, uh, but definitely a solid player for their defensive line, especially um, considering they lost Jarrell Casey for the year with the torn biceps this, this year. Yeah. I think it's just kind of a, a plug-and-play guy, somebody that's solid that can go in and get the job done. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders had a, a bad thing come about with their defensive tackle, though, Maurice Hurst. He went on the COVID list. Uh, I'm not even sure how much uh, Hurst was, was playing. I know he was a former second-round pick for the Raiders, but uh, that's going to kill them. Going up against the Chiefs this week, anyways. Yeah, that doesn't help. The the Chargers they had some injury news. Uh, Austin Eckler he got a second opinion on his hamstring, confirmed four to six weeks for Eckler. Josh uh, Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson will be the guys going forward in LA, and uh, Eckler was actually just placed on IR today. Uh, and this is another thing I wish Chris was here for. They signed Kalen Balaj to the practice squad. <laughs> that guy's having a journey. So he gets another shot uh, in L.A. there. The Chargers had some quarterback news, though. Justin Herbert, he is the starter going forward. He'll start the rest of the season. It's the right move. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I still... It, it was just dumbfounded me the after just his first start against the Chiefs when Anthony Lynn came out after and said, "Nope, Tyrod's still our guy going forward." I think he, you know, looking back on it, he probably just wanted to make sure he didn't overcommit early in case Herbert was absolutely terrible the next game. You know? Yeah. Now he's seen him twice. He knows he can start. You know, not on a whim, prepare himself and do well. Yeah, well, he's going to be the uh, first rookie quarterback to face 
uh, three straight Super Bowl MVPs in Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and now Drew Brees on Monday Night Football. Speaking of Monday Night Football, that game might not be played in New Orleans. Uh, there was a report out there that it might be moved to Indy uh, because of Hurricane Delta that's coming up through uh, Houston and Baton Rouge, which I looked at the trajectory, though, of the hurricane. I don't think it's necessarily going to hit New Orleans hard. I mean, they're definitely going to get some, but I don't think the the eye is going to pass through New Orleans. It looked like it was going more towards Baton Rouge on the western side of Louisiana there. Yeah, it's still better to be safe than sorry with the game there. Yeah, yeah. NFL has million contingency plans, like we're seeing with all these um, games being rescheduled here. Uh, another one that got rescheduled was the Bills at Tennessee. Uh, the Titans had four more positives between Wednesday and yesterday. Their totals at uh, 20 positives, I believe. And their game is now going to be Tuesday at 7 p.m. We're going to get our first look at Tuesday night football, which I'm so excited about because that only leaves Wednesday night as the only night not having football next week, <laughs> which is absolutely wonderful. Gotta love that. <laughs> Uh, except I won't be able to work, which is unfortunate, but that's okay. Uh, the Titans, like I said, with their COVID, uh, they placed wide receiver Corey Davis on the COVID list, so he's going to be out this week regardless. And I don't know who's going to be the receivers. Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond, those are the top two guys that I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, Is AJ Brown out again? I haven't heard any updates on his status. I know on uh, fantasy it said questionable, I believe. Uh, if AJ Brown is a go, even if he is a go, it's still going to be a hard matchup against Tredavious White in the Bills secondary. So, yeah, very true. Uh, the Texans, so. We talked about how they fired Bill O'Brien on Monday there. But they're going to go and hire a GM and a head coach in the offseason instead of just one guy like they just had, uh, which I think is definitely the right move for them. Yeah, I don't know why they let O'Brien be GM for any amount of time. Right. Uh, But for now, Executive Vice President Jack Easterby He's going to be the GM, the interim GM, and we already said Romeo Cornell is going to be the interim head coach, which I'm not sure. I don't know too much history about Easterby, but as far as Romeo Cornell goes, I think he gives them a, a pretty good chance to win some games, uh, especially this week with the against the Jags in Houston. So uh, the Colts, their left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, he is out for Sunday. He has a rib injury. Um, That brings to end the longest active streak of starting all five offensive linemen together at 20 games, uh, which is just crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it actually switched my pick, which I I don't think I remember to switch on here, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Wow, okay. Um, The... (laughs) 
the Cowboys. Uh, so they have left tackle problems of their own. Their left tackle, Tyron Smith, he's done for the year. He has a neck injury. He's going to have surgery next week uh, to fix that. So the Cowboys will now start going forward two undrafted free agents at the pivots. Uh, left tackle is a 2019 uh, undrafted free agent. And I'm just blanking on his name right now, but I remember the right tackle's name. <laughs> uh, 2020 free agent, uh, undrafted free agent Terrence Steele there. Uh, the Washington football team, they have some quarterback news of their own. Kyle Allen will be the starter this week and going forward. Alex Smith will be the backup. And Dwayne Haskins relegated to number three. I would assume that Washington is fielding offers for Dwayne Haskins at this point. Yeah, I think that Ron Rivera is ready to move on to the next man up. And I guess... He likes Kyle Allen from his days in Carolina, so I'm. We'll see. I'm waiting for the Alex Smith comeback story. I, I I think everybody is rooting for that to happen one way or another. No ill will to Kyle Allen, but I'm kind of <laughs> hoping he gets hurt. <laughs> I just hope he plays really, really badly, and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> let's bring in Alex Smith." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Kyle Allen uh, did not look that great in Carolina, anyways. So. Um, with a lesser supporting cast that he has in Washington, I would not give him a very good shot. <laughs> uh, the Eagles, uh, more injury news. I say this every single show, but what is new in Philadelphia, uh, except the only thing that is new is that they actually have a win this week going into week five. But they place linebacker TJ Edwards and safety Rudy Ford on IR. Uh, Edwards more significant than Ford. Ford mostly plays special teams. So does Edwards, but Edwards defensively, I think, um, was one of their better run run defense linebackers there. And also, Deshaun Jackson, he's out again this week. He's still dealing with that hamstring injury. They want to take it slow with Deshaun, considering he's over 30, and uh, hamstrings can linger. But Alshon Jeffrey's still not playing. Avante Maddox is out as well at the corner position again. It's just they they have no chance. It's, uh, the Niners they got some good news uh, from their quarterback position though. Jimmy G he's going to be the starter. He's he's going to be back this week. Uh, Nick Mullins back to the bench. I'm sure Niners fans are excited about that. Even though, uh, actually, they have they have some they have some guys coming back though. I mean, Brandon Ayuk looked good uh, the last couple of weeks. Debo Samuel was back last week, so Jimmy G is coming back into a pretty good situation there in San Fran. Mostert's playing this this week too, isn't he? Maybe he's got a better know. shot than last week at least. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about him either. I hope he plays because I kind of need him in uh, one of my <laughs> leagues, but. Uh, as far as, I just talked about the wide receivers, but uh, one guy that is not in San Fran anymore is Mohamed Sanu. He got released by the Niners, and I didn't even know he was on the Niners. I, that, that fact totally just like went over my head. I did not remember seeing that or announcing that on the show at all. You did, Rusty. I remember when you did. So... <laughs> Please don't come to Philadelphia, though, Muhammad. Uh, 
we need receivers, but um, I have not seen enough from you in the last two years. <laughs> so, uh, the Niners, some injury news for them, though. Uh, their corner, Kwan Williams, one of their one of their best uh, slot corners, he has a rare ACL sprain, and uh, likely going to go on short term IR there uh, for the Niners. The Cards, they have some corner news as well. They signed Prince of Mukamara. He's back in the league. Uh, I think they definitely needed some more corner help considering that they just got uh, blown up by Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore last week. Yep. And, um, I mean, they don't need it this week too much. Uh, really, just cover Jameson Crowder and you'll you'll win against the Jets. Yeah, it's good to see this defense <laughs> recognizing where their weaknesses are and trying to address it though. Yeah. Uh, we'll stay with the secondary theme here. Seahawks, Jamal Adams, he is out once again this week. I know Chris would have been happy to, to see that because I know he, he put uh, like the thumbs up or the laughing face emoji in our Dynasty League chat whenever I announced that in there. Um, the Seahawks did sign someone, though. Another person Chris knows about, uh, Snacks Harrison. He got signed to their practice squad, though, one of those, taking one of those vet spots up on the Seattle practice squad. We'll see if he gets to the active roster at some point this season or not. Last night, the Bucks had more injury news after uh, O.J. Howard last week confirmed MRI tore his Achilles. He's done for the year. Vita Vea is also possibly done for the year with a broken ankle uh, getting more evaluations today. And it looked like a broken ankle. Yeah, uh, it did. It was so gross. <laughs> so, <laughs> staying in division, more injury news here. The Panthers, another running back injury for the Panthers, Reggie Bonifon. He is on IR now with an ankle sprain. So it's... Mike Davis and someone. <laughs> uh, It'll be the CMC show again next week. Don't worry. I don't. I don't know if they still have Jordan Scarlett there in Carolina. If they do, I would believe he would be the backup this week. Uh, but yeah, couldn't tell you, man. Like I've you never said, even heard that name in my life. Jordan Scarlett. Yeah, man. He was. He's a former Florida running back. He's. He's not terrible. So. Uh, the Falcons, they got some good news with their secondary this week. H.H. Ter- uh, Terrell, he is off the COVID list. He got activated. He's going to play this week against Carolina. Which At they, least some help. They, yeah, they, I mean, they need everything that they can get on the defense at this point. <laughs> the uh, Packers, their tight end, Josiah DeGuara, third-round pick this year. He tore his ACL on Monday night. He's done for the year. Not that he was really making any big impact anyways. Um, the Tanyan show there on that position. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of the weird picks that the Packers made this draft anyways. Uh, why go after DeGuar in the third round when you could have got someone better, whether that be a, another tight end or a rod receiver. But, um, Don't yeah. ask me about that Packers draft. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, DeGuar was not really a receiving threat at Cincinnati anyways. He was more of a blocking H-back guy anyways. So, more tight end news, though. The Browns, they just activated David and... Or they're going to activate David and Joku. 
uh, off IR this week. He's going to play at home against Indy. So more help for the Browns offense. Not like they needed it, though. I mean, I thought I thought Hooper and uh, Harrison Bryant were doing pretty good uh, at the tight end position. I'm not sure even how you infuse Njoku back into the offense now with those two doing so well. Yeah, they have a plethora of riches there on the offensive side of the ball. and I mean, it's easy to have a good game against Dallas if you're a tight end when almost all their linebackers are hurt. Uh, and that defense itself is already pretty pretty shoddy. But I, I agree with you. I mean, Hooper was great in Atlanta, and I think he's finding his rhythm in Cleveland now. And if he and McBaker can get on the same page, then it'll be hard for Njoku to be that number one tight end again. Yeah, I mean, they, we, they had uh, trade talks in the offseason, in the training camp, and, I mean, we'll see. We're, we're still four weeks out from the trade deadline, so... Uh, Staying in division there, the Steelers got some good news as well uh, with their wide receiver position, Deontay Johnson. He cleared concussion protocol. He's good to go, and thank the Lord because I need him on fantasy teams across the <laughs> I board. Just for him. I I have Deontay Johnson in a million different leagues, and uh, he gets an absurd target share from that team. He's really undervalued. First two weeks of the season, he was the number one targeted wide receiver with twenty three targets through two games. Uh, the Steelers also are going to get a boost this week. They're going to have fans, uh, 5,500 to be exact. The Pennsylvania governor, Tom Wolf, he, uh, lifted the social gathering, um, mandate that they had to allow 7,500 fans max. Uh, Pittsburgh said they're going to have 5,500, uh, against the Eagles this week. But the Eagles will not have fans still. The Philadelphia mayor is still being whatever word you want to use for the Philadelphia mayor and not going to allow fans at Lincoln Financial Field going forward. But that is all the uh, NFL news, college news that I have at this point. Let's go into the college football pick standings. Oh, boy. And you're still on top, Alex. Everybody I, had a really rough week. I, I gained a I gained a game on you though. I'm only down three now. <laughs> this is the most misses we've had in a really long time. Yeah, I mean it was a weekend of upsets, but uh, I, Chris Chris has to start getting some. <laughs> Chris has fallen well behind. <laughs> uh, yeah, nine games behind you for Chris. Uh, six for Mark. Still kind of there in terms of picks but yeah still on top buddy (laughs) nfl is a different story uh there was two more games postponed this week like i said rice has not been able to get on the field this entire season they still won't be able to they were scheduled to play at home against uab this week not gonna happen Another one that I actually had on uh, the the show originally was uh, FAU versus Southern Miss. That's not going to happen um, either. So, but we do have two game or uh, one game tonight: Louisville at Georgia Tech. Louisville's uh, five point favorite here. We're all on the Cardinals. I don't know. I've, it's one and two against one and two. We've seen Tech be very bad 
most of the season. And I think Malik Cunningham will get the job done tonight. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the difference maker. I think I think Louisville's going to be able to outscore him. I definitely think it's going to be a pretty high scorer there. Yeah, the only the only thing I would say is that it is in Atlanta, so maybe tech fans can will will the, the jackets tech to fans exist. Huh? Tech fans exist? <laughs> well, I remember watching the UCF at Tech game and people were like sleeping in the stands and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the only thing I would say if Tech's going to have a shot is Somehow the fans are going to have to will uh, Jeff Sims to a victory. And that's really the key for Tech, though, is Sims not turn the ball over, yeah, which he's true. done in almost every game this season. So we'll see what happens with that one. The uh, over-under in this one, 64. I think that's very high for this pretty game. High, yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty high. Uh, that one will be at 7 o'clock on ESPN tonight. First game on Saturday, number four, Florida going to college station to face number 21, Texas A&M. Six and a half point line for the Gators here. We're all on, uh, the Florida train. They're just too good, man. I mean, they look good this year. Kyle to Kyle. That's all I got to say. Kyle to Kyle all day long. I agree. Uh, I would expect Pitts to, you know, keep scoring touchdowns every single game. I don't even know what the record is for receiving touchdowns in a season, but the pace that he's on, he might as well look at it. He's gunning for it, I'm sure. Uh, and also, Kadarius Tony uh, can't sleep on him either, considering he beat five South Carolina tacklers on one play last week. True. I think Florida <laughs> covers this line. Yeah, yeah. I think easily, I mean... A&M's coming off a, a shellacking from Bama. And as much as Jimbo Fisher has hyped up Kellen Mond in the past, he just is not. He's <laughs> he just not the, the quarterback. He's just, <laughs> he's just not the quarterback that Jimbo wants to think he is. Yeah, fair. Uh, over under 57 in, 57 in this one, I think that gets there. Yeah, over. Sure. 12 o'clock ESPN for that one, right after game day. ACC battle, number 19, Virginia Tech, faces number 8, North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Three and a half line for uh, the Tar Heels here. Again, we're all on the Tar Heels. I think this one's going to be a good one, though. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. It was really the at North Carolina that kind of pushed me over, as well as I think the quarterback play from North Carolina can get it done. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on the uh, Tar Heels defense either. I think both defenses are actually pretty solid. Um, and I think these two teams, specifically North Carolina, um, are going to be able to challenge Clemson in the ACC here this year. Uh, 59 is the line in this one. Not sure about that. 12 o'clock, ABC. Mizzou going to go 0 and 3 against number 17 LSU and the Tigers 14 and a half on this one. Uh yeah, I mean Mizzou is just bad. It's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> simply simply put that team is just straight out bad. I mean, I don't think LSU is 
a world beater, but they're definitely better than than the other Tigers in this one. <laughs> I agree. Why does the SEC have so many Tigers? Like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know, man. People aren't really creative, I guess. <laughs> um, this one is uh, over under 54. I would expect that to get there, uh, depending on how much Missouri can score, if they score at all. <laughs> it could, man. I mean, it's just that's really the problem. Will they score at all? I think. I think eventually, yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, either LSU forty-two to fourteen, or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> uh, this one is another one of those weird ones. It uh, didn't have a network associated with it on the ESPN app, so. But it is at 12 o'clock. Oh, and now it does. Never mind. SEC Network alternate for LSU nice. and Missouri. Red Ribble River rivalry. There we go. The two guys that show up are uh, on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, number 22 Texas facing Oklahoma in Norman. Minus two and a half for, Oak, for the uh, Sooners here. And, you know, I, I think because it's in Oklahoma – I think that's what really is the difference. And the thing is, Texas has – they've been close in all three of their games. Or not all three. Two of their games, they've been close. The other one, they didn't face a quality opponent. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think I, – I just can't see this Oklahoma team falling to one and three. There's too much talent. I think they're going to raise their level of play to their opponent just as they've been dropping their level of play to their opponent uh, when they've been losing to these maybe – not as talented teams mm-hmm. so i expect them to come out slinging and uh i think they take the win here but i think it's a heck of a game yeah i mean we've seen texas not have a defense all season uh, so it's i think spencer rattler as long as he doesn't turn the ball over which has been an issue the last two games as long as he doesn't do that i think the sooners will be okay in this one uh big line here over under 72 nice it wouldn't shock me if it got there (laughs) i don't want to touch it (laughs) uh 12 o'clock this one's on fox kind of wish this was a a late later game but they it is one and two against two and one so ul monroe great great job ul monroe oh and four Going to Liberty, 3-0 and Liberty, and the Flames, 18.5-point line. I that's, I mean, UL Monroe's bad. We, we saw Liberty not cover the line last week. <laughs> I'm not expecting them to cover it this week. <laughs> yeah, and that was against... Uh, A team that didn't really exist. Yeah, <laughs> an FCS school in North Alabama. So... I, I definitely, obviously, we see everyone's on the flame train, but uh, I don't know. Yoa Monroe maybe might have something for him. I don't know. We'll see. Um, over under 61, doubt it. <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> 12 o'clock uh, ESPNU for the flames. Another ACC battle here. Oh, I love Wolfpack. NC State and the Wolfpack going to UVA. 
and the Cavaliers, minus seven and a half for UVA. And, you know, okay, so NC State got the win last week. Upset Pitt by one point, actually showed something on offense. But I'm not going to go against a a Cavaliers team that uh, last week put up, um, how many did they put up against Clemson? They put up 23 against Clemson, so I think that's a that's a quality 23 points, and yeah, I'm going with the Cavs here. Listen, man, I don't disagree with you. Um, I'm saying if NC State can keep the momentum rolling, if offensively their quarterback can have the type of game that he had last week without making any of the usual mistakes that he does and creating turn and call, being the reason for turnovers, whether it be fumbles or interceptions. I think they have a chance to win this game. Because against a defense like Pitts was, if he could do that, then he can certainly do it against Virginia. He just has to play like that instead of what he did the first two weeks even, even though they won one of the two. Yeah, I think this game could go one of two ways. Either Virginia blows them out or (laughs) NC State uh, wins close. Or I'll, I'll go with the third one where UVA wins close, but... Uh, I could I would wouldn't touch the seven and a half probably. <laughs> I'm not touching the line. I already took the lone wolf on this bad boy. Because I mean, like I said, I could see it. I could see NC State covering a plus seven and a half, but I could also see UVA winning well, by fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I think if it's a close one, NC State wins. I think if Virginia wins, they're going to beat the crap out of them. Yeah. Uh, over under sixty and a half again. You know who knows. 12 o'clock ACC Network. The Citadel. They are winless still. <laughs> That's also a bad team. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they, no, I know on this one. Army. <laughs> Maybe not minus 29, but Army. Yeah, they have to go to West Point to play the Black Knights, uh, who are 3-1. and one. I would take the 29, dude. I think they're just... <laughs> I mean, we've seen Army roll before. Oh, no, you are very right, my friend. You are very right. Uh, I mean, who did who did they they rolled someone before this season? Oh yeah, Mid Tennessee and yeah. UL Monroe. They yeah, gave they up. <laughs> they they gave up seven points between those first two games. There gave up twenty four against Cincinnati two weeks ago. Uh, but again, that's Cincinnati. So take the minus twenty nine, Rusty. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh over under forty seven. I I would probably go under though because I think yeah, that Yeah, it depends on if Army tries to hit it themselves or they cool off. Yeah, I think they'll score over thirty points. I just don't know if Citadel's gonna get on the board or not. Yeah. Uh one thirty CBS Sportsnet, like that's where Army always plays, so CBS Sports. Big one. CBS, SEC, CBS time slot at 3.30 here. The fan. Volunteers at number three, Georgia. 12.5 points. That's interesting, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that big of a spread, to be honest. But people have faith in them now after that show like last week. Yeah, and I think um, I would probably take... The plus twelve and a half for Tennessee here. It's just I don't 
No, I think the offensive line is better for Tennessee than Auburn's was. So I don't know if UGA is definitely going to get the amount of pressure that they did against Bo Nix, but um, I think the quarterback play is lesser, though, with uh, Jared Garantano than it is Bo Nix. Is Garantano much of a, much of a scrambler? Is he good at getting out of the pocket? Yeah, he can run. He, he's kind of like how Josh Dobbs was with gotcha. Tennessee. Gotcha. That's that's honestly the comparison that I probably was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the Georgia's going to win. Uh, being at home again, it's with the student section, which I heard, I mean, I was there last week against Auburn, but I heard that um, from like comments that I saw from Kirby and some of the players is that Having that amount of fans there was really, like, uplifted the team so much uh, compared to, like, how how it was at Arkansas week one. So definitely is going to help being uh, between the hedges in this one. Hey, yo. Uh, over under 42 and a half. Over. Over. I'm taking over. All right. <laughs> you don't think? I mean, it, the it was a low scoring game last week, so I'm not sure. I think I it, could see a 27-17 type ordeal. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at it, but we'll see. Um, next one is the undefeated BYU Cougars, number 15, against three and one UTSA and the Roadrunners. I still am shocked that UTSA is three and one somehow, but uh, the fall from glory continues this week. Considering it's at BYU too, uh, and the Cougars are—I don't have the um, exact rankings right now—but going into their Friday night game last week, they were the number two scoring offense at fifty and a half points per game, and they scored forty-five in that one. So. I would expect them to score at least 45 again in this one. <laughs> uh, and they're just going to roll. I, I agree, man. I think BYU is a good team this year. Yeah. Zach Wilson, Tyler Algiers. That defense is uh, solid to say the least as well. So as much as I love Sincere McCormick for UTSA, <laughs> uh, he's going to have his worst rushing day of the year in this one. Oof. They're going to have to throw, throw it a lot, being down by a lot. So, Over-under 63, I think that gets there, though. I think UTSA will score a little bit. Uh, 3.30 ESPN 2 for the Cougars and Roadrunners. Iowa State, number 24, the Cyclones hosting the Red Raiders, Texas Tech. Minus 12 for Iowa State. Uh, it was another bigger line I was kind of not expecting to see in this one. <laughs> yeah, man. I I I think this will be closer than the minus 12, but you know, Iowa State's starting to play well. So we could see potentially uh the minus 12, but I wouldn't bank on it. Yeah, it's another one that I feel kind of the same way like I did again uh for Texas at Oklahoma. It's it it's in Ames, Iowa, so um, I think that makes the difference here for for the Cyclones. Um, 
Brock Purdy needs to play better. Obviously, he played well enough last week to get the win. <laughs> but Brees Hall, they're running back Brees Hall for uh, Iowa State. He should have a really good day against the Texas Tech um, not-so-good defense. Uh, over under 64.5, I think that gets there. I Shoot out. I agree. Classic, I classic Texas Tech game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, three thirty on ABC. That's that's, that's surprising on ABC. It's <laughs> a little bit of national attention for Iowa State and Texas Tech there. The Tigers, number thirteen, Auburn. They're hosting Arkansas, and minus thirteen and a half here for Auburn. Probably gets there, right? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> Auburn's still a very good team. And and they just will really treat Arkansas the way Arkansas should be treated. <laughs> I I don't know like if they have big heads after finally getting a win last week, but I think Auburn will bring them back down to earth. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, if if this was at Arkansas, like they played Mississippi State last week, I think it's a different story. But um, at least they they would cover. But yeah. Uh, Bo Nix at home. There's no chance for uh, Arkansas and Sam Pittman. Over under 48. Pretty low one. Probably gets there, right? You'd like to think. You'd like to think. But Auburn didn't put up too many points last week. So who knows, man? Well, that was also against an elite defense. <laughs> you'd think, you'd think Auburn, but you would have thought Mississippi State would put up more points on Arkansas. So this is true. This, it's a hard one to call right now. <laughs> this I wouldn't touch that over under. Uh, Four p.m. SEC Network uh, for that one. There we have one of the I think is one of the most interesting non-ranked games. Uh, of the weekend, Pitt at Boston College, minus six and a half for the Panthers right now. And I would expect the Eagles to cover or went outright, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think BC is a good team, and uh, I I think they certainly could cover. I just I just think Pitt's you know coming off a loss, ready to get the win back. I don't know, though, man. I mean, this is really a toss-up. I have to agree with you. It's a hard one to call. Yeah, I was I was close to picking BC, considering it's in Boston. But, uh, yeah, I think Kenny Pickett has a bounce-back game. I think that the pick, pick gets their running game going. And then, um, like you said before, their defense is something else. Especially yeah. their defensive line, even without Jalen Twyman, who opted out this year, uh, they still have guys like uh, Rashad Weaver, who is very effective as a pass rusher. It's a very uh, solid team. It's it's. I was very surprised they lost last week, and uh, I don't see them taking kindly to that, and they'll come out strong here and beat a good team. Yeah, the only thing that I'm scared of scared about is if BC can give Phil Jerkovic time. I'm not sure about the corners necessarily for Pitt against that BC passing attack. Um, we'll have to see how that one shakes out. 
This one, I said uh, Arkansas-Auburn was a, was a low over-under. This one's even lower. 44. Easy. That's I'll take the easy. over on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 4 p.m. This one's on ACC Network. Big 12 matchup, Kansas State at TCU. Again, I think this is another one of those one that's it's going to be a better game because it's uh, two teams that are middle of the Big 12 and they're trying to fight to get to the top <laughs> because well, it's, it's wide pretty, open in the Big 12 now. It's two teams that are playing pretty well. Two teams that uh, have a lot of confidence right now. When they go head-to-head, obviously a large clash of purple, but also I think it'll be a pretty good football game. <laughs> so I, I think taking Kansas State plus 8.5 is a pretty solid move here. Yeah, Mark Mark would have hated this game. He's stated how he hates purple. So, uh, yeah, I think Max Duggan plays very well again. And being at home, TCU gets the win. Even though, yeah, I do agree, plus 8.5 for Kansas State um, is a good bet there. Over under 50.5. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I say if you have to do it, take the over. Yeah. Uh, I think both of these teams are just not consistent enough to, to know specifically what uh, you're going to get. 4 o'clock on Fox. What else is new? Big 12 on Fox. <laughs> um, Temple. They're going to play their first game finally. Finally, Temple gets their first game. They're... Three and a half points favorite in Annapolis to face Navy. And I'm lone wolfing the Owls here because Navy has not looked good at <laughs> all. They came back against Tulane, but it's because they had to. They were down 24 nothing at halftime. <laughs> Their other two games, they've gotten blown out by Air Force and BYU. So... I, th- I think if Temple can stop them, I th- they're going to win. It's as simple as that. And I think Anthony Russo at quarterback for the Owls um, is going to be the uh, deciding factor in this one. I Honestly, man, I'm taking Navy because Temple's yet to play a game. I haven't seen them play, and I just don't think they'll be as prepared. But... They could very, you could very well be right. They could be a good enough team to come out and beat a Navy team that has struggled this year. Uh, this one over under 50 and a half probably wouldn't do anything with that. I know nothing about Temple's team, man. <laughs> I, I, just, I can't even comment on that. I can't lead people when I know the road not <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, six o'clock CBS Sports for. The Owls. There we go. The college <laughs> game day game of the week. Number seven, Miami at number one, Clemson. 14 for Clemson right now. Very shocked. I can't believe the line's that big. I mean, people have that <laughs> much faith in Trevor Lawrence and that team as a whole, though. And I act- just Actually, he's at the pressure. 15 now. Wow. I think the pressure's finally on for him during the season and I and I'm sure he'll perform perfectly fine as he does in playoffs and the team as a whole will but 
it's going to be exciting. It, it's really, it's even kind of a Heisman race matchup here between King and, and Trevor Lawrence. I still don't believe in Derek King, <laughs> uh, regardless of how he's performed. I mean, he did have his one game against Louisville, which was their best game so far, or their best opponent, um, playing against UAB and Florida State the other two games. I'm just rolling with the Tigers, man. I know Mark talked about, I think it was Mark last week, how Clemson's kind of been just sleepwalking through these games, not really having to play anyone. But it's in Clemson. It's in South Carolina. And I think that makes the difference. Obviously, I would take the plus 15 for Miami because it's going to be a close game um, unless the Clemson defense absolutely shuts, shuts down De'Ara King and then Clemson blows him out. But we haven't seen Clemson blowing people out. Uh, they've just been winning. Yeah, they just they just been winning by as much as they have to win to feel comfortable in games. Yeah. So. Yeah. It'll be a good test. I'm very excited for this game. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we're not we're not too drunk after the UGA game. You know, <laughs> that we'll actually be able to watch this one. But over under sixty three. Uh, that'll be close, probably. I think I, I unless it's... I, I think it'll be close. Yeah, but I think you take the over. I think the offense is outdueled the defenses here. I, I was on the opposite end. I, I would say, really? yeah, I, I could see something ending up like twenty four twenty Clemson, but um, we will see, my friend. Seven thirty, ABC, Herb Street and Fowler on that one. The number two ranked team in the country they got to go on the road at Ole Miss minus 23 and a half for Bama easy cover for that one <laughs> I don't think there's much to be said here man Bama's a good team Ole Miss is not it's gonna be a steamrolling no matter whether they're at Ole Miss or at Jupiter playing <laughs> yeah yeah Bama's just too good and uh I, there, there's really not much to say about this game <laughs> Like you said, over under 70 and a half, though, there's no way. Under. Even with Bama scoring, I could see them getting to 56. But there's no yeah. way Ole Miss yeah. scores enough to cover. I don't think so, man. <laughs> I mean, what, 56 to 15 is what it would have to be? I don't I don't see Ole Miss putting up 15 points. Uh, I would laugh if they put up 14 and the cover doesn't hit. <laughs> <laughs> the, or, or the over doesn't hit, I mean. Um, 7.30 that one's on ESPN the number 5 team in the country Notre Dame they're going to be back on the field this weekend hosting Florida State minus 21 that's interesting because we've seen Notre Dame not cover big lines like they didn't against Duke so even though Florida State's bad yeah, I think Florida State's really bad, but I don't know. It'll be <laughs> that's it's such a hard line when it's right at like a minus twenty one like that. That's when you know that Vegas is playing with you. But I say take it. I I think Notre Dame can cover. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not so touching. If they're a good that. team or a great team, right? Yeah, I'm probably not touching it. I mean, Ian Book's probably gonna ball out in this one. 
I don't think Ian Book is the way that Notre Dame wins a lot this season. I think they're going to be they, their running game is really the reason they're going to win. I don't think Ian Book is as great of a quarterback that people want to think he is. Um, but over under fifty two, I don't see that happening. Even nah, against, I can't either, dude. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, even against a bad Florida State team. 7.30, NBC. UTEP. 3-1. and one. Again, it's the same story as UTSA. I could not believe the mi- the, the Miners are 3-1 and one right now. At yeah, Louisiana it, Tech, it, minus 14. The fall from grace will continue here. Yeah, I think Louisiana Tech easily covers that minus 14. They destroy UTEP. <laughs> Agreed. Because we saw Louisiana Tech was was good. Uh, yeah, they, they're very very solid team. They did, they just went up against a BYU team that is top three in the country in scoring. So rolling everybody they played. <laughs> so over under fifty two. I can see it getting there though. Uh, UTEP scores a little bit to to top that off there. Potentially. Not one that I'd love to touch, to be honest. I'd much rather take the minus 14 for LA Tech. Yeah. Uh, 7.30 ESPN2 uh, for that one, for the Bulldogs there. Last game we have here, 2-0 Marshall. They're back on the field this weekend, minus 7.5. At Western Kentucky in the Hilltoppers. Going with that freshman quarterback, man. He's solid. Gotta love him. I think the minus seven and a half is easy money. Yeah. I'm taking that for sure. Yeah, great. I think, think Marshall's gonna run easily with that quarterback you were talking about. Yeah, Grant Wells, like I said, played very well so far. I mean, looking at the statistics for Tyler Pigram for uh, Western Kentucky, not terrible either with 498 yards and uh, six touchdowns through three games, but. Yeah, I, I think Grant Wells needs to uh, do a little bit more. However, uh, only four touchdowns through the air through two games. So, not terrible, but uh, not fantastic either. Not fantastic either. <laughs> Over under f- another low one, 44 and a half. Probably eight gets there. Over. I'd have to say. 7.30... This was this was one that doesn't have a network attached, so it looks like we're not going to watch Grant Wells. So. <laughs> On the local West Virginia network for Marshall there. Or actually, they're not even at Marshall, but I'm you sure. You got those Reddit streams. You can find any game anywhere. <laughs> we do not condone illegal streaming. We do not condone Reddit streaming. <laughs> <laughs> On Football Addicts Anonymous. <laughs> The uh, NFL pick standings here. Look who's still on top. Look at that. Who's still at the bottom? <laughs> Dude, it was so close last week, though. Mark and I were both eight and four. You and Chris seven and five. That's what really made the standings different this week. Yeah, I got to start catching up, there, dude. This is it. This is bad. You're starting I'm, to slip. You're starting to slip. Starting five games back slip. now. <laughs> I don't know. Too many weird things happening. Let's see if I can. Uh, Tried anything this week that's uh, a little out of the ordinary. Yeah, I've got some on there. Um, 
First game, Battle of Pennsylvania. Eagles at Steelers coming off their unexpected bye week that uh, a lot of the Steelers were very mad at the Tennessee Titans for having that bye week. Um, minus seven for Pittsburgh here, I think. The Eagles, they're going to go end up going 1-4-1 and one because they play the Steelers this week, the Ravens next week. It's just, yeah. it's too hard. Your boys are, are too injured right now to take on these top teams and win. And Carson Wentz is playing worse than any other quarterback in the league, including Haskins, who's just been benched. <laughs> well, he didn't play. He was the reason they won on Sunday night, but I th- that's literally the only thing that they have on offense is Carson Wentz. I mean, if Miles Sanders could get going. Sanders hasn't been terrible. I just think, right. I don't know. I mean, he is. I mean, I do give him. It's not his fault. They have nobody to throw it to, and the offensive lines like Plato. But yeah, I. The thing is, I looked. I got a, a notification from the Steelers today. It was like looking at the running back numbers between uh, for this game, James Conner and mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, and I saw Miles Sanders had 236 yards through four games. That's <laughs> not. <good. laughs> That's yeah, under nice. 60 yards a game. Uh, granted, I don't think he didn't play week one. Yeah, he didn't play week one at all. And then and he, he was, was hurt week two, I believe, yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. But weeks that he's been fully healthy and given a full workload. Yeah. But and but that's as solid as you can be behind a really really banged up offensive line. Yeah. And a team whose passing doesn't necessarily back the linebackers off of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, you look at James Conner. I think he had. Uh, 224 yards or something like that. So that's pretty solid. That's like 70, 70 something yards per game. So he's a, he's a damn good player when he's healthy. Yeah, definitely having a comeback season to this point. Anyways, but yeah, we're all in Pittsburgh here. Over under 44 and a half. There, I don't know. Yeah, probably. The Panthers. Are at 500. No one expected to see that. <laughs> at the Falcons, who are 0-4, Falcons fans probably expected to see that. I was surprised the Falcons were favorites in this one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because the Panthers' defense still isn't getting that much respect. And I think that maybe A.J. Terrell coming back might help the Falcons' secondary. But still, again, so many injuries back there for them. And this is against a team who loves to air the ball out with pretty solid receivers in Anderson and DJ Moore. So I do think it'll be high scoring. Um, but I think the Panthers' offense is just going to outduel the Falcons, especially if Julio Jones is out slash limited and Calvin Ridley's not 100%. Yeah. Uh, it did move down another half a point, so it's only one and a half for Atlanta now. But, uh, yeah. I think, like you said, the Panthers' defense, the last two games specifically, has been worlds above where they were the first two games. Um, granted, they they played against uh, rookie quarterback Justin Herber in his second start two weeks ago, but they played against a guy that a lot of people were considering for the MVP this year in Kyler Murray last week, so... Um, definitely playing a lot better, getting a lot more pass rush 
Um, they held Hopkins to what, like 74 yards? It was seven catches for 41 yards. Yeah, if you're, well, I got a seven of four, right? I know, I did the same thing last (laughs) week. (laughs) So, I mean, if they can do that with a fully healthy Hopkins, and I think if Julio Jones is out, they can contain Ridley by himself and force Matt Ryan to look other places, which is when he starts making those mistakes. It's okay, Matt. You can throw it to Hayden Hurst as many times as you want. That would be just absolutely fantastic. Hayden um, Hurst is no hooper to Matt Ryan. <laughs> hey, he did enough. He did enough on Monday night there for, for me to win my fraternity league matchup. That's all that matters, right, Rusty? <laughs> yeah, Matt Ryan only scored like 10 points, which is great too. Uh, the over-under is 54, so pretty big in this one. Um, the the Panthers' offense, good times because the Falcons can't stop anyone. The Chiefs hosting the Raiders' 12 line for this one. I would take the Raiders plus 12. I think the Raiders have played very well uh, this season. I think they'll make it a closer game than people expect. They usually compete well. You know, within the division, so I think I think if as long as they can get Josh Jacobs going and keep Mahomes off the field a little bit, they definitely have a chance. Yeah, I think the the story in this one's going to be the the Kansas City defense because they're playing a, a lot better than people expected too. Um, but Derek Carr has just been money on third downs. I think he has the highest passer rating on third downs across the league. Uh, so, Chiefs, if if you know it's good for you, somehow don't get the Raiders in the third downs. So I don't really know where I was going with that. but Just put Tyron Matthew and whoever else on Darren Waller and say, somebody cover this guy. Just put 10 guys on Darren Waller. Exactly. Then... <laughs> somebody kind of fast on Hunter Renfro, and then you're good. Yeah. Um, over under 55 in this one I think it gets there I think both offenses are going to play very well I think the only thing is that the Raiders defense is not that great yeah yeah I could definitely see that one getting there and I need it because uh, I'm unsure about that Bills game being played still I I'm benching all Bills and Titans because until it gets until it gets to Sunday, and they say the Titans don't have any positives, I'm still sketchy about that Bills game. Um, the Cardinals is another one I'm sketchy about because of the Jets today. Uh, but anyways, I mean, the Cardinals are in the air right now. They, they just left 15 minutes ago, so they are on their way to New Jersey to face the winless Jets, who are going to be winless still. After this the week, the Jets are very bad. The Cardinals have looked bad the last two weeks, but the Jets are especially bad. with Flacco. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Flacco, you take out the one thing on that offense that's solid besides <laughs> Crowder. And I mean, Le'Veon Bell is supposed to play this week. I think if uh, if the Jets play, but who knows? Yeah, haven't heard anything about that one either. Uh, which I I need Le'Veon in a bunch of leagues too. So. I just saw that he was uh, projected to have fantasy points this week, so <laughs> I was assuming that he was playing. Uh, 
Oh yeah, I mean, uh, apparently, Le'Veon is supposed to play this week, but uh, Matthew Barry does not like him against the Cardinals' defense this week. I don't like anybody on the Jets against any defense <laughs> any week. Well, when you need it, <laughs> when, when you need Le'Veon to play. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, anyways, uh, this one did move uh, minus eight. It was was only seven, but it's now eight for the Cardinals. I don't see a problem with them covering that. I don't either. So, over under 47. No, under. <laughs> Just put up zero points. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'll I wanna... say, I will, I will say that. I say the Jets put up three three to six points total. I want to pick six from the Cardinals' Easy. defense. Easy. It's Flacco. Come on. Well, it's funny because it, if Flacco would get hurt in this game, it's it's James Morgan time. So, as far as I know their roster anyways, I think it's James Morgan time <laughs> after that. Uh, the LA Rams, they're going to be in Washington this week facing the Washington football team. Minus seven for the Rams. I think that's easy. Yeah, especially if Kyle Allen at quarterback for Washington. I just... I just... I don't see that working out at all for anybody. I offloaded Terry McLaren from my fantasy team this week as soon as I heard that news. So I just really think that it's going to be a a struggle down there for a couple weeks. The only thing is, though, the Rams put up a dud against the Giants last week. That's true. That's very true. That's uh, part I think of why the Washington... they played one of the locks for the week because I was worried they wouldn't be able to cover. I think the Washington defense is be- a lot better than the Giants is, specifically yeah. on the defensive line. I just think the Rams played poorly as a whole, and I think that they bounce back and play better this week. Yeah. So it's, it's another one of those, and Mark always talks about cross-country, but uh, I can't see it <laughs> we'll see maybe kyle allen's ready to bring back some of that magic that he had with rivera for a couple of games in north carolina no no <laughs> alex smith nah. alex, alex smith <laughs> alex smith at halftime <laughs> do it ron do it <laughs> i'd take the l on this game to see alex smith come in at half and win a comeback <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> i would love that oh my god over under 45 and a half no way no, yeah, no way. way. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, you know, we we keep saying unders for a lot of these games, but we saw last week. I mean, Every specifically this this year, it's been a historic year for offenses. So yeah. maybe the Rams win fifty five to twenty four, and they crush the over. <laughs> <laughs> The Bengals, they had their first win last week. They're going to Baltimore to face the Ravens. Minus 13, another massive line for the NFL here. I'm not going to touch the line because I think that Joey Burrow is capable of keeping it a close game. Um, But I don't think he's capable of winning it. Uh, I think Lamar is going to shred this defense just like he does almost every single time he plays them. I think he'll have himself a game on the ground and through the air. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was I was very surprised to get Mark's picks to, this week, and he didn't pick the Bengals. 
Very surprised on that one. I think he wised up to the fact that there's no way in hell they win this game. (laughs) Um, Well, Lamar was out of practice the past two days. Back at practice today, he had a a knee issue on Wednesday and illness, I think, stomach bug thing yesterday. So, you know, maybe, maybe Lamar's not healthy. Maybe... Maybe that that gives the Bengals a, a upset, but uh, over under for this one is uh, fifty and a half. I don't know. I take that. Yeah, I guess thirty-one. Burrow puts up at least two touchdowns. Thirty-one twenty-four Ravens. Mm-hmm. Texans trying to get their first win. They are at home against the Jags. I was surprised this one wasn't in the news for possibly getting moved, considering the hurricane is. I mean, like I said, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily going right at Houston, but they're going to be in the same realm as New Orleans. I think where they're going to get a lot um, of the outer bands there. So, yeah, I think getting rid of O'Brien, you know, it's going to be a transition for them. It's going to be an interesting week. Um, I think it'll be a tough, you know. I think playing the Jags is, is usually an easy win for the Texans, but the Jaguars are ready to put up a fight after not winning the last, what, three games in a row? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think though, we saw last week against an improving Minnesota team that Deshaun Watson can carry the team when need be, yeah. uh, considering it should have been a touchdown to tie the game. Well, they would have had to get a two-point conversion, too, but Will Fuller should have caught that ball regardless. Uh, I don't know. I think this will be a close game, but um, taking Deshaun, and especially, like you said, the, the change in head coach, I think the guys are going to play for Romeo Cornell. From the comments that I've seen out there, the guys really like Romeo Cornell because he's just a fun guy where O'Brien was kind of like a rah. Like mean, screaming in your face kind of guy, so. Yeah. Uh, this one is fifty-four and a half. Probably gets there. I this one, I would say high scoring. I could see, yeah, for sure. JJ Watt also has three sacks in this game. <laughs> Considering his post-game interview from last week. He was not happy. The Niners hosting the Dolphins, uh, minus nine here. Fitzmagic, like I said, gets another shot. But unfortunately for him, it's going to be against Jimmy G and not Nick Mullins. With all that offense back, I just don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to uh, slow them down. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that the line stayed at nine after the Jimmy G news. Um, But I'm not actually sure that the Niners do cover, though, even with Jimmy G back. Uh, if Mostert's back, I would say yes. Easy cover. Even yeah, I though. think I think from what I've seen, Mostert's going to play. So I say they will cover as well. Uh, 49 and a half for this one. I don't think it gets there. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, though I could see a 31 to 20 game. I was thinking something along the lines Happening. Of that. And then it covers. But it, it goes over. But... I think the next one is the most interesting game of the week. Who you got? 
Wow. And no, I do not have the Colts anymore. I forgot to switch <laughs> it. I forgot to switch it. Once I heard about Anthony Costanzo being out this week, it's going to be Miles Garrett against LaRaven Clark, I believe, is going to be the guy that starts at left tackle. There's there's no way. Miles Garrett's going to have a field day with a backup He's tackle. He's playing so well, man. He's put himself into the defensive player of the year conversation at this point. Ian Watt, TJ Watt. Yeah. Uh, so Chris is lone wolfing the Colts now. And it's in Cleveland as well, which makes it even better for the Browns. And it moved. This this is the most the any line has moved out of all the games this week. It started out minus two and a half for the Colts. And it's now even. So <laughs> Man, I just hope Odell can keep being at Odell. When he's playing well, he's such a fun time to watch, man. Yeah, I think this one's very low scoring. Both defenses uh, are playing lights out. I still like the Colts defense more than the Browns defense. But I like, I, like I said, I think it's Miles Garrett against that backup tackle that makes the difference in this game. Over under 46. I'm oh, I'm under that. Yeah, I'm under that as well. 17. Colts can put up a lot of points on their own and this defense can slow down the Browns. 17-13 Browns. Uh, divisional matchup here. The Cowboys <laughs> hosting the Giants at AT&T Stadium. Why is this an eight and a half point favorite for the Cowboys? The Cowboys defense is really bad, but the Giants offense is also really, really, <laughs> yeah. really bad. So that's the only logical thing I can see. I mean, and the Giants really don't even have enough defense to take advantage of the fact that the Cowboys are struggling offensively on the line. So, yeah, I the the only thing I would say is that Kyler Fackrell uh, would be their guy. Lorenzo Carter, if they can get the pass rush going against those undrafted free agent tackles, um, and disrupt Dak. That's the only way they can win this game. They have to put Dak under. But I think realistically, if Mike McCarthy is gonna do something he should change his game plan and go back to how the cowboys used to be and just run zeke with the damn ball 20 times a game and that's how they're gonna win he won't do that though he never did that in green bay never well he you never had a back what, you, see what, you see what aaron jones is now free from mike mccarthy hashtag free aaron jones shout <laughs> out matthew barry if he ever watches our show but <laughs> well the thing I is mean, they they never had a back like zeke and and Green Bay. I mean, they had Ahmad Green for a little bit, but he's not at near. End, at the end of his tenure, he had Aaron Jones and did nothing with him. Nothing. Yeah. And the guy's a star now. I mean, I I still think that's the way to get wins. Especially, I agree. oh, dude, I agree with you that he should run the ball more, a hundred percent. I just don't think he will. He's so stubborn. Which is, again, why I'm happy that Mike McCarthy went to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny that Cowboys fans are now regretting letting Jason Garrett go. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Jason Garrett's 0-4 in, in New York with the Giants anyways, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the over-under for this one is 54. I, it's it's close. Maybe. <laughs> Like, that's such an absurd number for this game because that means Dallas is putting up, like, 40 points on their own. 
Uh, I was going to say 35 for the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, it could happen if they both decide they don't want to play defense, which is what they usually do. So, yeah, I'd say yes. If the Giants can put up 14 points on their own, then yes. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy, run the damn ball, please. Run the ball, sir. Uh, Sunday night football. This is, I think this is the worst Sunday night game we've had I this season. Mark, dude, he didn't pick the Bengals. He's picking the purple teams. I know. It's 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 a 2020 type show this this week. The 2020 type. Show. Uh, I'm wearing a hat. I have no beard anymore. Right. Uh, minus <laughs> seven for the undefeated Seahawks. The Vikings have no shot. Yeah, it, their so. secondary is so bad. Uh, and I'm just praying for another three touchdown game from Tyler Lockett for fantasy purposes. Run, Dalvin, run. That's how they're going to win this game. Run, Dalvin, run. And I mean, the the Vikings are lucky that Jamal Adams is out. So, I mean, who knows? If Justin Jefferson can have another 100-yard game like he has the last two games, maybe the Vikings have a shot. Uh, but yeah, I would agree. The, the way that the Vikings went is through Dalvin Cook and not Kirk Cousins' arm. Uh, as they like to say on NFL Network, Kurt's cousin, Kurt Warner's cousin. Kurt's cousin. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, 57 for this one. It gets there. It gets there. Shootout. You really think? I mean, the Seahawks also can't really play defense, so I expect it to be an air raid. Shootout in Seattle. Let's do it. 57 over. Yes. 25. <laughs> what is it? What do, you, what do you think? 27, 35? More than that? 42? <laughs> uh well I want the Seahawks to cover probably so thirty five to twenty four. That's fair. That's very reasonable. I was gonna say twenty originally, but I gave the likes an extra four points just to make it eleven points. <laughs> uh all right, man. Best bets of the week. You had it. You had your best week last week. Two and one. <laughs> finally, man. I finally got in the win column for the best bets. I'm telling you guys, I'm gonna get over five hundred this week. Um, of course, we pick against the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. <laughs> we take the cards. They get their bounce-back game against Flacco, if this game happens at all. Uh, dominant defensive performance, and I think Kyler Murray has himself a day. Uh, I think that minus eight is covered pretty easily. Uh, anytime you see a plus, uh, a, a minus 13 for a team, you like to take the other side. So I think Joey B, like I was saying earlier, can get and cover this, can cover, get the plus 13 at Baltimore. I think he goes through the air. I know he's going up against Humphrey and Peters and a very, very good secondary. But they have shown their week, and Burrow has shown that he's a heck of a player, you know? And so I think that these games, this game has the potential to be closer than 13, but I think 13 is that safety net that you need. The, uh, I don't think it gets out of control like history has in the past with them. <laughs> the only time you don't take a double digit is when you're Chris picking plus 11 and a half against, with, for the Jets against the Colts. Exactly. <laughs> Never pick the Jets. Joe And Joe Burrow we trust, but in anything that has to do with the Jets, when Adam Gase is there, stay away. Um, and then like you said, you'd like to see the Seahawks cover. I'd like to see the Seahawks cover. So I'm taking them at that minus seven. I think it'll be a shootout. Um, but yeah, I think the Vikings secondary just has no chance of slowing down Russ. How many TDs for Russ? Four? Five. <laughs> All right. 
I, I say five for Russ, and he spreads it around. Moore gets two of them. Lockett gets one. No. Metcalf gets, gets no one. David Moore. No more. Yes. No I say more more. Olsen gets one. <laughs> no more more. We need Lockett all day. So I'm <laughs> confident in these three, man. The Bengals are the only ones that maybe not, but that plus 13, I just, I really see, even if it's just Joe Burrow coming down the field at the end of the game to cover with the touchdown, I could see that happening. The NFL lock standings, everyone won last week. <laughs> I like seeing my name up top. Still, still in a lockstep at the top, you, me, and Mark at three and one. Chris is still two and two down there Real. at the bottom. Who but, we got this week? Uh, Mark is on the Texans against the Jags, which is interesting. Uh, wow. Chris is on the Ravens against the Bengals. And I'm going to go with the Rams uh, against the. Um, I'm just blanking on who, team. who the Rams playing right now. The Washington football, football team, yeah. Like I said, I the the Washington football team is bad, especially with Kyle Allen. I think that's a not a downgrade from Dwayne Haskins, but um, it's not not good when your first start of the season is against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So. Um, I'm just yeah. see, but for my lock purposes, I'm praying that Alex Smith doesn't play in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on Dallas this week, man. The Giants are bad. I mean, simply put, they can't slow down this offense. Even if Dallas, even if New York puts up 21 points themselves, I think Dallas will put up fucking 45. <laughs> I think they're gonna just blow them out of the water. That would be great for fantasy purposes, considering I have Dak in multiple leagues. And in my dynasty league specifically, where I have Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. If they lose this game, then I will hop on the train with you that McCarthy needs to worry about his job. I, I just leave him. Leave him in Dallas. It's fine. <laughs> the Eagles will still have a shot at the division when they're 1-4-1 and two weeks from now. They'll probably still be at the top of the division at 1-4-1 and <laughs> two weeks from now. So, leave him in Dallas. As far as the dogs of the week, Mark was the only one that won last week. And his team won outright because I believe he picked the Bengals. I, I don't don't remember specifically. But you and Chris, man, you, you guys got to start. <laughs> I'm not good at picking losers that, that are supposed to win. You're the Eagles right now. Like I said, one four and one. Look at that. <laughs> That's the Eagles in two weeks. <laughs> I'm okay though. I'm I'm happy. I'm at five hundred. Uh, I got it this week, man. I'm getting both this week. One game behind Mark, but yeah, Chris Chris got to step it up. One and five, man. Um, better. Speaking of Chris, he's on my train. We're, we're plus better. plus two at the Falcons for the Panthers. I think the the Falcons are just absolutely horrible on defense, uh, and the Panthers, like I said, their defense is getting a lot better. Uh, I I would expect specifically if Julio is out, which I pray he is, that puts Dante Jackson on Calvin Ridley, um, Russell Gage in the slot. Um, not really worried about him too much, but yeah, I think Brian Burns, Derek Brown. That defensive line is going to be able to get some pressure on Matt Ryan. And Panthers win. 
Mark True. is on the Vikes plus seven at Seattle. He is the opposite of your lock and your best or your best bet. I mean, not your lock. That's a bad call, Mark. So, I mean, he also did pick the Vikes outright. So we'll see what happens there. But you're on the Jags. I'm on the Jags, man. I uh, I think Minshew does well, you know, in the division. It's going to be a closer game. Uh, the Texans are in a little bit of a situation right now. They are tra- in a transition spot. Uh, I think that could either swing one of two ways for them. It could go really well, or they could stumble for the week before they get all their stuff together and are ready to move forward with the new game plan, whatever it might be. So I think the Jags take advantage of that. Uh, they go to Houston, Minshew pulls a little mustache magic, and they at least cover. Alex, I thought we had an understanding before. We did, and then that we, we do one. not. We do not pick the Jags anymore. And then week one, man, they surprised me. And then I picked him the next week, and I said, never again. And yet, here we are. I'm I, trusting him. <laughs> I this picked him it. against Miami on Thursday night. I picked him as the the dog last week, I believe. You and I both picked the Jags. If they fail <laughs> me again, I will never pick them again. I would rather. The Lions are on a bye week, but I would rather pick the Lions than the Jags. We'll see, my friend. We will see. I almost, I just, I almost took the Panthers, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> that's the show. Next week, uh, we're gonna have a lot more to talk about because we have two Monday night games, one Tuesday game, and that Chiefs Bills game. That is actually going to be Saturday night football for the NFL. Uh, as long as the uh, Titans Bills game gets played on Tuesday night, um, if it doesn't, if it doesn't uh, get played, then that game will revert back to Thursday night football. Uh, which is that's got to be hard for the Bills to to plan and not plan at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm like looking at this and I'm confused even. So. Yeah, uh, so Patriots, Broncos, 5 p.m. on Monday. Uh, we will have live coverage during our show, considering our show on Monday starts at 5 as well. And then um, Saints Chargers, uh, that one is regular Monday night football time, 8.15. Titans, Bills on Tuesday, we said it though. Uh, that one's seven o'clock on CBS on Tuesday night. Uh, Broncos Pats, that one's gonna be on ESPN, just like the Chargers Saints is as well, uh, which is interesting. But uh, Chiefs Chiefs Bills, I'm not sure if they they changed. Uh, yeah, they they did. They. I believe it's still going to be on NFL Network and Fox on Saturday if uh, Titans-Bills is played this week. So Crazy, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah. We're going to have to... We're going to have college and NFL on Saturday next week. Light uh, work. If, if that Tuesday night game happens, which I hope it does. Tuesday <laughs> night football. I'm ready for it, and I am hyped for it. I'm down. Tuesday night football should be a regular thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the show uh for this week um great times alex i know you, you got a little fam dinner going on going going to grab some dinner yes sir 
I got leftover tacos, so I'm good. I, I'm not a bad move. I love tacos. So, anyways, don't forget everyone to follow us as always here on Facebook at FA Podcast on Instagram um, and Twitter, as well as uh, subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever. Wherever whatever you, get your, you prefer. Yeah, wherever, <laughs> wherever you get your podcast is fine. We're, we're on mostly every... Our beautiful voices set. are there for you everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Alex. Uh, and we'll see you on Monday. Of course, man. Peace.